God, we come to you today with um, our podcast where we're going to talk about some mental health issues. Please pray on the ones out there that need help. Help them, guide them in the right direction, Father God. Guide us in the right direction to speak to, to our fellow friends and family out there. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Oh, You Thought You Were Grown? I am Prissy Chrissy, and this is Debbie Cake. All right, we're a weekly podcast. You can catch us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on all your places you can find podcasts YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. We'll be there. Also, I need you guys. To like, share, comment, subscribe, subscribe. Let us, you know, we need a community. We're trying to build a community. Help us build our community, you know. Um, so we appreciate you guys being here. So please like, share, subscribe again and again and again. Welcome everybody. Um, so today we're going to be talking about. Um, Mental health, because today, I mean, it's May, it's the end of May, but it's Mental Mental Health Awareness Month. Oh, that was hard for me to get out, y'all. Yeah, like, we're just trying to check where you at, where you at mentally, and just to talk about um, what we went through as kids, like, with, like, mental health, like, when we thought we was grown, and we really weren't. So, um, Chrissy, where you at mentally today? Today, um, I'm okay. I'm good. Um, I really am good. I went through um, a tough spot earlier um, with my pregnancy. Remember, I was um, I went through which one? That's me throwing shade. Which oh, pregnancy? <laughs> my last pregnancy with my baby girl. I went through postpartum like. It hit me hard, and I didn't really realize what it was um, while I was going through it. And um, it was hard because I didn't want everybody to know or anybody to show it. So it was kind of like suffering in silence. And, um, yeah, I went through that. I had to go to the doctor and speak to the doctor about it, and it was really hard. But, But today, I don't have the stress of that corporate job I was working. But I'm good. What about you, Deb? How you doing today? I actually I actually forgot about that that time where you were like, you know, it was rough. I remember now. Like it kinda like it happened and it like you got through it. You pushed through it. You did it because you know you had the other kids to take care of and you mm-hmm. had to you did amazing. You know, a lot of people suffer for, through it for months and don't know what mm-hmm. it is, you know? Like I think when I had Noah, I was I was I had postpartum depression. I know I did. Mm. I didn't seek help then, but like my milk wasn't coming in. I was just mm. so overwhelmed. So, uh, yeah, I can see where you came from. Me today, yeah, yeah. Me today is rough. Yeah. <laughs> me this month, I had a rough month. This whole month of end of end of um May, April, end of April and May. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I feel Ooh, like right. COVID really. <laughs> what happened? I'm crying. I'm so emotional. Oh my goodness. 
And then the tears like fight to come out. I'm like, just come out. <laughs> You're there. <laughs> just come. <laughs> yeah. It has been a rough couple weeks for me. You know, mm-hmm. COVID really took, like, did a number on me mentally. Yeah. Like, people don't, people think it's just a, a cold or a body ache, but not able to see my child for two weeks was rough. Not able to, you know, work financially. It was like, what am I going to do with my bills? And that was rough. It was just, it's like, I got my family sick. That was the, I think the hardest part. Like my dad was um, in the hospital. He had blood clots and um, pneumonia. It That was rough. Me being in the hospital with pneumonia, that was like, I think the the, um, COVID is such a lonely um, virus because it it makes you, you, you're sick and then you have to like be away from everybody that you love and it's a really lonely. It's a lonely virus. It really is. It is. Um, My dad is um, sick, so that's also taking a toll on me. So I feel like this month, I'm really not okay. Like really not okay and i know i need to seek help it's just where do you find the time you know everything else so it's like um but i'm working on it i'm getting i'm doing good little by little like i feel like today i'm I'm looking at myself and and i feel like uh, you look kind of off or like my demise is a puppet that do something but you know mm. no you look good girl don't believe that. Don't, don't worry about that. Looking good on the outside is one thing, but feeling good on the inside is most important. But as I think what a lot of us do, like we are, we we block that, that whatever's going on with a smile, you think everything is going good in your life. Mm-hmm. You show, you portray that everything is great and deep down inside you're like really going through it. Yeah, like I need help, ma'am. <laughs> Sorry, somebody see me. Help me. Yeah, I think that's what it was for me because when the crazy part is my mom was here. Like, my mom probably doesn't even really know this still that I was going through postpartum while she was here. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid's dad, he was here. He was like, I talked to him about it. He was just like, I, you were feeling like that? What was that? When did this happen? And I'm like... Yeah, it was just hard for me to speak up and say anything. And it wasn't like when I when the kids were awake, when I had things to do, when I was busy, I didn't feel anything. I was fine. I could manage because I know how to, you know, juggle and yeah. I don't have time to think about myself or or my feelings or what I'm feeling because I'm so busy taking care of other people. And it would be like when. Every the house was quiet, and then that's when I would just cry, yeah. just 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 cry, 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 cry until I fall asleep. Or if I would, um, that's how I ended up talking to the doctor about it because I had to go for my six weeks appointment and um, that car ride. I was just by myself. There was you know, and I just cried the whole. By the time I got there, you know, when I cry, my eyes get all red. I get all puffy. So it's like no line, you know, like. We have an allergies attack or something. And I couldn't. And the lady was just like, are you okay? And I just started crying there. <laughs> what you crying for? I have no idea. I am so sad. And I should not be sad. And you feel guilty for feeling this way. Like, I'm so blessed. You know, 
but I'm still so sad and um it was nothing I could do I ended up um she told me to talk to a therapist but I didn't talk to a therapist like you said I didn't have time to you know it's COVID it's like oh what am I gonna um bring somebody go see somebody while it's COVID I am crying I cannot you're crying crying oh my god it's just what it is I'm a cry baby in real life you huh? Asshole. You make me cry. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to hold him back. I'm trying to keep my snot in. <laughs> like, I don't care about the tears. Just snot. Be still. <laughs> hold your feet. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, and, um, yeah, so I, um, I couldn't, I didn't have time to see a therapist. It didn't just was like, um, I had to stop by my aunt's house, and my aunt really gave me some words of encouragement. She was like, it gets harder. The more kids you have, it gets harder. So, what you're feeling is normal. She let me know that, the doctor did too, let me know that, it, 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 just, it might be just the baby blues, you know, you're still freshly juggling three kids, and, um, but I haven't, I, I didn't expect it because I had already been juggling three kids prior, like, if you're... Because I had my nephew and my two boys before. So, the kids. Yeah. So, the kids wasn't. It shouldn't have been. I think it's just. I don't know. But once it passed, like, the six weeks. And we were going into three months and four months. That's when we were like, uh, let's get some medicine to regulate you out. So, you don't be so sad. So, I had to take some antidepressants for a couple of months to get myself out of that sadness. Oh man, it was horrible. What did it make you feel like those pills? Because I want to know, did you feel like bubbling I, all the time? Or no, I felt like myself. You felt like yourself? Okay. I really felt like myself. I mean, I think I, it made me hungrier because I was eating all the time. And naturally, if you know me, I don't have a um a big appetite. I normally could eat once a day. That's how before I would regulate, like I would never gain a lot of weight because I'd be eating once a day. Sometimes I would forget to eat. Like I remember a time in my life where I would forget to eat and I would be passing out because I didn't eat. <laughs> so like I normally, so I think the pills contributed to my weight, like me being hungry and making me gain weight. But other than that, I felt like myself again. Like I, I felt okay. I always felt like those pills make you feel like very, huh, like bubbly or extra or mm -hmm. in a better mood or I don't know. I never got on them. Um, so I didn't know. Yeah. And so you know, childhood, did you feel like you had any, like, like in your youth? Do you remember? Trauma? Oh, girl, yes. Girl, yes. Oh, my God. And then, you know what's crazy? It's like having kids re triggers all of that because you're scared for them for them yeah yeah you're so it's like like on a different level what i'm so scared for them i don't want them to experience anything like yeah so my childhood was pretty um i like to tell my story different because i think for the longest i was telling my story as making a it up no 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 as a victim oh. no i didn't oh, make up my story yeah like, like like you know some people forget about things or kind of like bypass things how do i say it? like yeah make things like not really make it up but like excluded yeah 
excluding yeah nah like some things I do exclude and they should stay excluded you know I'll forget yeah. some things just erase it that didn't happen let's go but um <laughs> for the most part it was um um I don't know it was it was what it was it's kind of hard talking about it because being a child your trauma kind of comes from the adults and then you don't want to expose their story. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like... I'm just saying, well, in a way, we're not exposing anybody. Anything that happened to you, like, um, that you were, like, depressed or sad and didn't know um, who to speak to or how to, to um, get past what you were going through as a teen? As a teen? Um, you know, my teen was cool, but what happened was before being a teen, the childhood, like, so I grew up in a domestic situation where there was violence. My dad was abusive to my mom. It's just what it was. He was abusive to my mom. So seeing that, so from elementary, like from little, I just cherished my dad so much. And about something happened when I became like 11 or 12 years old, where I realized what he did, like, it hit me like it was wrong. It was wrong, and even though my mom did when she got out of that situation, she did try to get us counseling, and we just told the people what they wanted to hear. You know, you've been told your whole life like you don't talk about what goes on in my house. You don't call them people. You know what I'm saying? So by the time we was trying to talk to them, it's like we know we know the game. We know to tell the people what they want to hear. Yeah. So that's one thing as a grown up I wish I would have took advantage of because it came out as a teenager, like um sixth grade year, I was very I don't even know what I was, weird. <laughs> I was doing things to hurt myself, um, in the sixth grade, like secretly, like crazy stuff trying to hurt myself internally. And then I was so angry. That I just, because I was so angry, I didn't know what to do with that anger, and it was just like everybody moved on. That's what I kept saying. Everybody moved on from this situation, and here we are, just yeah. This is a very emotional uh, <laughs> podcast today, y'all. We're you, so sorry, but you know we had to talk <laughs> about it. Like it has to be talked about. Yeah. But go ahead, Chris. Yeah. So, but you know, I never even talked to. When I did go through therapy, I never even talked about that. Um, that situation. Just how everyone just moved on. And and your children are excuse my language, fucked up, okay? <laughs> everyone is just messed up and the adults get to move on and put it beside them and move on to other relationships and situations and the children are just here just left to deal with this they're still dealing with the drama yeah still still as adults still you know so um so that came out in my teens um i was super angry i i i hated my dad for uh, during that time and um I think what healed me from that situation was 
when I was trying to be conniving and move to Georgia. <laughs> I didn't want to move to Georgia, and I, I reached out to him because I hadn't talked to him from like 12 to 15 until it was time to move. He would come and visit, but I wouldn't speak to him. I was just walked past him, and like he didn't exist. And then I needed, like, I was like, I'm not trying to move to Georgia. Could you try to get custody? Could you at least do that for me? Do, I don't got to live with you. Like, I ain't got to live with you. <laughs> I, I can make it. I, I, you know, I'm thinking I'm grown. I can make it. Think of you, girl. Just get a custody. I live with Debbie. We'll yeah. We're together. Oh, we good. But... But we had an honest conversation in the McDonald's, and um, it was a real honest, heart-to-heart conversation. And and at that moment, I just forgave him. I I just forgave him and let it go. And then I tried to have a conversation with my with my mom about it because she was, you know, she played a role in in the chaos too. And I just wanted to have a heart-to-heart conversation, but. I think it was harder for her to um, talk about it. Talk about it. Not really talk about it, but just like admit her part into it. Hmm. You know, take accountability for her part. But but I sympathize for her because I, looking back, I realized she had some mental things going on with her yeah. that she should have been helped. She needed help with herself as well. Both of my parents really. They they definitely needed some um they needed therapists too. Okay. Yeah. What about your teenage years? Were were um any trauma in your childhood? There a lot of trauma. A lot of trauma that um I just kinda buried away or, you know, even my grandma passing away was very traumatic for me because we were so close. And so my mother put me in counseling, like like a grieving counseling in elementary school. And I remember having to go leaving the class and going to these grieving and asking you, oh, what does this look like? Does it look like a frog? Or do you see a boat? Yeah, it was like, (laughs) I remember like black and white pictures and it was just weird. I'm like, why do they go through this? Like, I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. Like, whatever right. it is, is what it is. Because I just didn't understand, like, why talk about it. So that, when I was that young, but I think when I thought I was grown in high school, I remember there was a time where um, Tommy and somebody was in my neighborhood and he jumped the gate and was in my in my backyard and my dad caught him and they thought he came out of my room and so my mom was like, you know what? You cannot talk to Chrissy anymore. Oh. Was like the first yeah, you can't talk to Chrissy. You can't speak to any of your friends. I was like grounded like forever. And I was like. That didn't last long. <laughs> but my thought at that age, I thought my world was coming to an end. Like I can't talk to my friends. Like I, I didn't do anything. And I honestly didn't do anything. So the fact that she was punishing me. Uh-huh. I so angry. I was angry at her. I was angry at the world. Um, and I think a lot of other traumas started to like come up, and I was just ang- I was like a ball of like fire, like a like a. I was just angry and ready to snap at all times. Mm-hmm. And I I was cutting myself uh, my freshman year, so nobody knew. Like I was wearing like sweaters. Long oh sweaters. yeah, stay wearing sweaters. It would be in ninety degrees. Degrees and it's hot as fuck. <laughs> 
I wore sweaters until I was like 23, but because they had become my comfort, this is how I realized it. Not to cut you off, go ahead. I'm, I'm fucked up. <laughs> I'm really messed up, child. I really am. I thought about it while we were planning this. I was thinking about like, girl, you had some problems. You had a pillow from a baby until you were 26 years old. Like, you definitely had a problem. <laughs> it's not a problem. It's, it's our comfort. Like we find comfort into things yeah. that, um, because we don't know how to, you know, talk about it. All right. I, I yeah, I was kind of myself in high school, and a I think my math teacher, she was really close to me. She kind of grabbed my arm to like just joking around, like, haha, and I'm like, and she's oh. like, uh, what's going on? And she pulled me aside. And she looked at it. She called my parents. They had me see a therapist. Well, I saw one a, one session. Literally, I cussed the man out. I was like, "I'm not doing." Wait this. a minute. It so, Mister Stell, had you see a therapist? Yes, a Haitian mother. She's like, "You need to see a therapist." My mother is the whitest Haitian you ever know. Okay, if something happened, I went to the hospital. Went to the doctors. That's my mother. So, I saw a therapist. I remember he was an Indian man, and he was like asking me all these questions and asking like, you know, do you cut yourself? Do you hurt yourself? Things like that. And I just kept saying, you know, like you said, answering the way they want you to answer. Mm -hmm. And he's like, do you see dead people? What? Excuse me? (laughs) What, sir? Communicate with the dead? Oh, bitch, you done lost your mind. I'm done. (laughs) Goodbye. Not doing this with you. I'm done. Bye. Like, you cuss the man out. That'd be good for cussing somebody out. I am. I am. I was like, no, nah, we're not doing this. And that was it. I and I, I never seek therapy again. Um, but now as an adult, I did seek therapy last year for a year. It was one of the best things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, it really was it. It changed my life for the good. I stopped because my insurance changed and I just, I was so attached with my therapist. I didn't want nobody else. Like, and as a black woman, I want a black therapist. Yeah. Period. I want someone that's going to relate to me. I don't think a white woman knows what I go through or would understand where I go through. Like culturally, like. Culturally, not like, you know, because she's, it's just culturally, you don't understand. You wouldn't right. Um, I haven't seen one then. I am seeking one now because of everything with COVID and everything I'm going through now. I feel like I need to see someone. But prior to that, I was like, I was Gucci. Yeah, I saw a therapist um, after I had my first son. Um, I moved back in with my mom. So, and I, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, me and Chris were going at it like he would some of the things that we were going at it were not necessarily our problems but my family problems that overflowed into uh, <clears throat> our situation and um managing in that i was just i didn't know what else to do i was like i'm about to give up i you know i can't i'm about to give up so 
um, I reached out to this lady, Mrs. Wilson, and like the first day I was just like, I don't need, because you could talk to friends, like I could talk to you about what's going on, and, <clears throat> and Nisha, who's my other best friend, I could talk to her, and I do talk to y'all about what's going on, but after a while, people, you, you know, you just feel bad, you can't save me, or you know, you're like, I want to save you. But I don't know how to help you. I'm so sorry you're going through. You'd be like, dang, Chris. You know, and after a while, I got tired of hearing, dang, Chris, or I'm so sorry, Chris, that you're going through that. And I just, I just, I needed to know how to manage this situation. That what's the best, you know, this is what I have. This is all, this, this, this entire situation. How am I going to get through this? Give me some steps. I'll take them. <laughs> Anything. Please help. <laughs> help. And, um, and so I just told her that, like, listen, I wanted someone who, who looked like me, who, you know, even though she was older than me, but, which, which I wanted, I didn't want nobody the same age as me, because it's like, you don't have enough life experience, girl, because you think you're still trying to figure out the same things that, I don't, I, right, girl, you just got a degree to help you. <laughs> but you still, your degree don't take away from the life experience that you need. So, and she was like, trust me, I'm not going to sugarcoat you. I'm not going to um, cheer you on when you're wrong. I'm going to be a voice of reason for you and um, someone you can talk to and bounce ideas off of. And we'll go, you'll tell me your problems, and we'll make sure every session we have a a plan of action before you leave and she really did she really did um she gave me some really good insight on um a lot of things on life like how i behave in my relationship now is because of the things that i've learned from her and the boundaries that i've set in my life are i learned from her like you know i would feel guilty about the boundaries that I was set, but now it's like, no, you're right. I deserve boundaries. That's you're not allowed to cross this line, and if you cross this line, you don't have no, you no longer have access to me. <laughs> what are some of the things that the, your therapist helped you with, or um? My therapist, she actually was younger than me, but she was so knowledgeable about life. Like, you know, sometimes we feel like. They're young, they don't know, but we don't know what people go through. And I feel like um, she was very knowledgeable and she helped me a lot. And every day we had, I mean, every week we had a, a list of things to work on and I would have a homework of the week to do. Like I, I me being a single mom of an autistic kid and he has so much things to do going on. I had no me time. I was, I had no... I wasn't sleeping, so I would like take cat naps. Like one week I take cat naps, one week and I had to write my budget goal. One week I was not allowed to spend money. Like you know, I was not like every week was something different, and mm -hmm. um, that really helped me a lot. And it did definitely help me with um, my relationship with people, like knowing how to talk to people, sort of going off and popping off like I usually do. I nap. <laughs> I now 
I'm able to speak to you and effectively. Oh, I thought you said I don't pop off on people now. Now I nap. Oh, well, I, I pop off and nap. I just. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought you said. I'm gonna take a nap, but tomorrow I might pop off. No. <laughs> <laughs> like I effectively, I think I effectively communicate much better with people instead mm-hmm. of like shutting you down. A lot of I used to like do that a lot, like instead of confronting people, uh-huh. I'll just take it in, take it in, take it in, and not say anything. Now I let you know, listen, what you did was not okay. And we can work on it. And like, you know, let people know how I really feel instead of holding it in because that's not good either. Yeah, that's so, how you explode and be cussing people out. Like, I set the boundary up front. Like, hey, that's not acceptable. Yeah, this is what we're not going to do. Yeah. See that? That That's not it. That's not mm. it. So how, moving forward, how do you, like, how do you have, have your kids, like, express themselves? Uh, you know, so this is a um, challenge for me because one thing my mom did allow us to do was express ourselves, right? So I can, she never not let us say what we wanted to say as long as we weren't lying was the rule. If you're telling the truth, you can say what you want to say, but you have to be respectful. And we feared our mama, but my kids don't fear me, so that's the hard part. Um, So they I love. <laughs> they don't fear me at all. They like, mommy. She's the nice one. Now, daddy, that's the mean one. Like, we literally hear them saying they're like, I'm gonna tell the mean one. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I allow them to express themselves, and um, and I'm teaching them like, don't to keep control of yourself. You know, I. I have all kind of fish, you know. My daughter is a baby still, but my boys are turning into they're young black men, and they're gonna be big black men. They're already big for you know kids, already. They're gonna be big black men, and I am scared for them <clears throat> because of the world we live in. I it's a real fear for me. So I see my five year old still have tantrums, and I know he's about to go into elementary school. And I know in elementary school, they will classify you as a behavior problem. And it'll be an issue for educating him. I know that. I've seen it already in daycares that he's been into. They'll be like, he's acting out, so we're going to leave him in the corner by himself and not teach him. So I've seen that already. But not only that is because he's acting out like a child. But because he's black, he doesn't have the privilege of being a child. They make them adults. They don't see children as children when they're black. It's just what it is. So I fear that they... It's like little threats. Right. Yeah. Like you see the elementary schools in Orlando where the police officer arrested the seven-year-old. My heart would break if that was my child. Imagine what a child to go through like traumatically like... I was put behind a police car. I had handcuffs on at seven years old. Yeah, they were they would never respect authority. They were always having fear of authority. You know what I'm saying? Like, let my children my I want my children to be children, always. Let them be children while they're children. So I fear them. So I'm trying to have conversations about you you know, like really son, you don't have the privilege of carrying on like that. You have to 
you know, you have to be in control of yourself. So we have a, a, a motto or mantra, we say, um, when if he does it, he has to stand up. He, he goes in timeout. Once before he gets out of timeout, he has to let me know that he's in control of himself, his thoughts, his feelings, his emotions, and his actions. And he's responsible for those things. At five, it's crazy. But at five, I need you to be in control of yourself. You don't have the privilege of losing control because somebody may see you as a threat. And I can't, we can't afford that. No. Afford that. Oh my God. I'm so scared. Like, I, I'll be talking to him. And, you know, well, even his dad, you know, we, we'll be talking. Like, we understand you don't get the privilege. And that is real 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 fear for me that someone will see my child at the school being a child you know he'll, he's an emotional child like his mama <laughs> but you know so he'll cry and he'll have fits but I don't think he does it in school as much as he does it with me but just in case he needs to know you can't do that son so we he's allowed to express himself I, I, I so instead of doing that I tell him to verbalize it Tell me what you're feeling. Uh, he'll be like, I'm upset. I can't eat no cookies. Okay, well, you can be upset. That's okay. I understand you're upset. You know, I acknowledge his feelings. His daddy don't, but I do. <laughs> I don't care about you being upset. I don't mean nothing. <laughs> but I acknowledge his feelings, and um, and we walk through it. That's the best I can do for him. What about Noah, ma'am? <sighs> Noah is so hard, you know, with the autistic. He's only, he speaks and he, he does talk, but it's only scripted. So, but he knows the word, you know, he'd be like emotions and he'll say angry, you know, uh. or like that's how he lets me know, like, how is he feeling? And I just kind of talk him through it. Like, why are you upset? Like what's going on? But I, I, I'm, that's my biggest fear is not knowing what's going on with him. Cause he doesn't like, he doesn't speak as like well as everybody else. Mm -hmm. But um, emotionally, I, I always like speak to him and let him know it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be sad. Um, and just kind of talk to him. And, and when he's throwing his tantrums and stuff like that, that's, I see where you're coming from with the fear of them labeling him like right now i feel like they're labeling him at school he just got to a new school and they don't really know him and so they automatically label him without getting to know him mm -hmm. like why put a label on him let him be a kid let him be himself and it's just like um i just don't i must my biggest fear like i saw this um autistic kid got shot by a cop and it's because he couldn't respond back or he didn't. And Noah is going to be a giant. I know he's going to be a giant. So it's like, I need him to be able to express himself and not hurt himself. I want him to feel like he's, oh, he can come to me with anything and talk mm -hmm. to me. If something is going on, I want to know. Talk to me. Let me know what's going on so I can get you the help that you need, that I can mm -hmm. help you, you know, or grandma or somebody can help you. You can speak to someone. But, you know, I feel like a lot of these kids don't have someone to talk to. Like our mm -hmm. parents, I feel like a lot of the black homes, the parents are working so much. They don't have time 
to see their kids. They don't mm-hmm. have time to know what's going on with their kids and their situations and their little childhood dramas because they think they're grown. They think they like they in these beefs because they, yeah, yeah, you know, in middle school and high school, and, and they just don't they don't know like to go talk to someone or to to seek the help they need, and and a lot of kids just shut down they hurt themselves Mm -hmm. if they had somebody to talk to or they can come to their parents they would be able to do that you know what i'm saying yeah but sometimes even if they do have like an open door policy where they can talk to people sometimes it's embarrassing a little bit you know like it's a little because if it if it wasn't embarrassing you wouldn't hide it like you wouldn't put on the sweater to hide that you're cutting yourself you know what i'm saying so a part of it is I feel shame for feeling like this. Like, I feel bad for not feeling whole or not really being as happy as I pretend to be. I feel bad about that, you know? This is tough. This world is so tough. It is tough. <laughs> it's so tough. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think you should always have a good support system. Right. I think that's important to have people around you who gonna, cause even when I was in my funk, like in the middle of my funk, like in there, you know, my friends, you, Nisha, even Jasmine would be like, mama, get it together. You all right. We got you. You're not by yourself. We see you. We got you. And and it's really important to be seen, you know? I think that helped me a lot. I'd be like, y'all would be like, Chris, Chris, if you do one step, it would be all right. Once, just take this, and I'd be like, I know, I just don't, I don't feel like it. I don't like being sad, but it feels comfortable here. <laughs> so, yeah, it feels so comfortable here. Yeah. So I want to ask you this. I know we talk about sadness and all this. What are some things that you do? For like self love, to like love on yourself, to balance out the sadness and life's roller coaster it takes you on. What are some things you do to, you know, make you make Debbie feel good? I take deep breaths. Sorry, I take a lot of deep breaths. Like that's what I, I one thing I learned in therapy is taking deep breaths and like just stop what you're doing and just kind of breathe it in. And breathe. Breathing helps me. Self-love care. Like, I will just, like, have me moments. I Sometimes I come home and I just sit in my car. Oh, God, that's my favorite thing to do. Oh, my God. I mean, I will be hours out there. Sitting there, just having a peace of mind. <laughs> not doing nothing. Not a <clears throat> Not nothing. Just in the car. That is my number one go-to. Just silence and just sit there sit in my car. Mm-hmm. It is so weird that I'm like that. I've been doing that for a long time now. Yes, and the beach is my other happy place. I did like um I I'm off every Thursday, so Thursday I would go to the beach. I drop Noah to school. I have my my um blanket in the trunk. I always keep it in there just cases like this. Like I'm having overwhelming moment, mm-hmm. and I go to the beach, and I'll take my blanket, my coffee. You know, just lay there. Mm-hmm. Lay yeah, there. I miss the water. And I so want to go to Florida just so I can go to the water. I miss being able to um, 
and be by the water. When I was in Fort Lauderdale, I used to do that. All the time. I'll go to to the beach all the time, just by myself. Just be out there. Yeah. No, you're fine. It's been a busy week. <laughs> Those are my two, like like my three things I do, I do is um. You know what else I like to do? It's my self care. Is take long hot showers. Hmm. Like hot, like <laughs> it's a weird like that's hot showers. And I'll sit there and I will like have a good cry, okay? Because I'm a crier and I feel like I can um, bottle in emotions. So because everything doesn't need to be. Some things bother me, but don't don't I don't really realize they bother me until later on. Just I'm crying about it really. Because a lot of stuff I just like. Charge it to the game. It's okay. Charge it. It's okay. And after a while. Yeah. I'll let you know. I I, I take it in for a little bit and I'm like, listen, this is not going to work. Or this is, you did something to hurt me. And just getting it out. So they know. Sometimes they don't know that they hurt you. Yeah, sometimes you can get it out, but it still bothers you. Like that incident with work when that man told me to breast pump in the bathroom. Oh, girl's mad for you. I was like, yeah, see that? That bothered me. Like, that bothered me. Like, we sat there, like, you really told me that? Like, when I put my two weeks in notice, I was still mad. Like, he really told me to go breastfeed in the bathroom, a pump in the bathroom. Like, sir. So disrespectful. Yes, you go eat out the trash. How about that? I mean, I told him immediately. I told him, like, before he finished his sentence, do you eat your dinner in the bathroom? No. I'm not going in the bathroom. No. Nasty ass. Let me stop. I get mad. worked up again. But, yeah. <laughs> but that still bothered me. And it would act, you know, it's still, like, sometimes people try you and it'd be, like, Gee, I'm really a gangster underneath here. Don't let this fool you. I really, really popped that ass. I'm just kidding. I'm not no damn action. I'm calling police. Really not. Really not. That's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> I was trying to go to jail. I think we need to think, have positive people around us. A good prayer life is always good. Oh, yes. Yeah, talking to oh, God is always good. And clear up some things. It may not solve some of the sadness because I don't know. Sometimes the sadness be so thick that you don't even want to pray. No, so I feel like I felt that before, where I'm so sad, I'm I'm feel so broken that I can't pray. But sometimes I just pray, like whatever's hurting me was bothering me. I ask God, God, just let it hurt a little less each day. Mm-hmm. I swear to you, that prayer works. Like. Mm. I was so broken after my divorce and I would say, God, please let it heal a little less every day so I don't feel the pain as much every day and trust and believe. It little by little, I just didn't feel it anymore. It wasn't a problem. Mm. It was not a problem. Yeah, girl. I'd be so, I'd be like, girl, pray ain't even it. I don't even know. <laughs> I can't even think to pray right now. I'm so hurt. <laughs> all over the place. I can't thank to pray. Somebody pray for me. Oh. Okay. Pray for me that I can pray. Yeah. Pray that I can have a prayer. Like, yeah, pray for me to have a little hope and peace. 
Yes, just a little hope, little hope. Little hope. So that um rapper, um, I think his name was Forty Cal. Mm-hmm. Daughter, she was sixteen. She was um at Buffalo University. She committed suicide. At first it was a missing person for like two weeks. Everyone was looking for her. But once they started to go through her phone, do some investigation work, found out that she jumped um she jumped to her death. Like Jesus. Yeah. Um, I think it was the um some waterfall. Maybe Niagara Falls. I think it yes, Niagara Falls. She jumped off and um killed herself because they they broke up. Like I feel like, yeah. Kids don't know how to express themselves, don't know how to work through their hurt. And I feel like we have to let our kids know or our teens know that it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be hurt, you know? And you this to- ain't forever. You gonna date this man right now while you a teenager, baby. And you may not know him next year. Yeah. You got people who love you. I mean, I tell them, I, I promise I pray that, like, God, please let my kids feel my love. Mm-hmm. Even when they don't see my love. You know what I'm saying? Like, feel it. Like, your mama love you, boy. Your mama love you, little girl. Yeah. So, people, like, <sighs> keep yeah. these babies. Oh, my God. The heartbreak for her parents. Parents. Oh, my God. That's all I could think about is a heartbreak for your, her parents. Like, at first, she was just a missing case. So, you know, they're looking for her, thinking she's alive. And somebody yeah, I'm going to keep in hope, pal. Like, please, bring her home. Yeah, bring her home. But to know that she commits, it was like it's following all her steps, what she did, like when she left her apartment, she took this, like her thing that she, her belongings and threw them away because she knew she wasn't coming back. Like in her mind, her mind was already made up that she was not going to come back. And she I was, wonder if there was like a toxic relationship beforehand. Nobody knows, you know. I, I mean, being a teenager who was dating, I don't think teenagers should date. I really don't think so. They don't know what dating is, you know. Yeah, not like date exclusive. Like you should be going out on friend events, like you, Timmy, John, Susie, <laughs> like gatherings. Yeah, gatherings. You can hang out, but ma'am, dating? sir, you ain't having one girlfriend for what? You're not committed to nobody. Committed to this schoolwork, committed yeah. to the future. That stuff ain't going nowhere. The only thing you should be committed to is the future and, and yeah. school. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not asking nothing else. Yeah, because it's crazy. Like, people be having full on, like, we have full on grown up relations as children. That don't even make sense. None whatsoever. That don't even make sense. Now I think about now that I'm a mama in my 30s, like, I had no business. Thank no you. business. Nobody's son had no business talking to me. I was a child. I did childish things. Like that stuff is heavy. You know what I'm saying? Grown up stuff. Grown ups can't even deal with the stuff. Definitely not. Definitely not. Heart ain't hurt. <laughs> like, why it really hurt my heart? <laughs> why my heart really hurts? Yeah. Not to make light of us, but it's just like uh-huh. Like she had her whole life for her going, you know. And she was in college at 16, too. She was smart. Smart, smart cookie. Smart girl. So sad. I don't know. I wanted to um, 
share this suicide prevention um, hotline number to people that out there that if you know somebody that's going through something or you're going through something, seek help. Like there's so many options. Like if you have Medicaid or Medicare, you can you can um, search for um, mental health is covered under it now. Coverage, yeah, behavior yeah. health therapy. They'll you, yeah, most health insurance has it but people don't know it's covered yeah it's covered it's under policy. obamacare the obamacare definitely has um mm -hmm. the um con the consultations and stuff like that so the number for the suicide prevention um lifeline is 800-273-TALK and that number is eight five i'm sorry eight two five five so please give that to a loved one someone that you know that needs it because it's it's really hot out here. Yeah. Read the number one more time for the people. One more time. It's going to be 800-273-TALK. Or um, the talk, the abbreviation for that, it's going to be 8255. All right. Yeah. Talk to somebody. I mean, life is so short. And there's some joy in there. Even if it feels like it's the worst time of your life right now. I promise you, if you get through, the other side will be beautiful. I promise. So hold on. Check on your loved ones. Make sure that you reach out to them, even the ones who are pushing you away. Just the, hey, you all right? Just thinking about you. Mm -hmm. uh, we pray everybody stays in good health, mental health, physical health, you know. We want life and love over here for everybody. Yes. All right, y'all. We will see y'all next week on Saturday at 1 p.m. on all platforms. All right, all right, all right. Y'all see my snack trying to. This control. is a very serious uh, episode. I know. I can keep my snack control. Huh? We're going to turn it up next week. Yeah. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye.